on today's episode, we have All I Do Is Win, Tuan Win from episode 10. It's been a couple years since we've had Juan on, but we wanted to have him back on because so many things are new in his life, and he is killing it in relationships, business, and anything he puts his hand to. So today we're going to do a, a, a round two background check on Tuan Win. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead. Check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down. No. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast, where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. Uh, I'm Jaden Gum, your host, and as always, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. If you want to know where we're headed, uh, go to go to the future plans or current plans on ForgivenFelons.org, and um, you'll be able to see. We're about to have a huge annual fundraiser to help us raise funds for a building that we're going to put our resource center in. It's uh, going to be great. Can't wait. Um, welcome to everybody uh, new who's listening. I don't know if you're new. We we didn't get any letters this week saying that um, they're they just heard the show or their unit has tablets now. So if you are in Texas and you um, you're a brand new listener or you your uh, unit just got tablets, man, write us in. Forgiven felons, PO Box four two eight three. That's forgiven felons. P.O. Box 4283, Cedar, C-E-D-A-R, like the tree, Cedar Hill, H-I-L-L, Texas 75106. Cedar Hill, Texas 75106. Uh, well, episode 102, man, it's, uh, I don't think I have any more announcements, but um, I am coming into, let's see, I'm going to be at the Kyle unit next Thursday, I believe. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people that yet. But oh well, sorry, sorry, Chaz. Um, but Kyle Unit, I'm coming to see you guys next Thursday, man. Get ready, uh, the Pillars class. Can't wait to see you guys. And then I'm going to be at the Sanders Estes Unit. I don't know if they have tablets or not, but I'm going to be at the PEP uh, graduation, Prison Entrepreneurship graduation. Can't wait to hang out with you guys as well. Uh, it's always fun uh, meeting new guys in the PEP program. So. Listen, all right, well, I don't think I have any more announcements coming up, man. If you if you do want to be a, a sponsor for the show, then let me know. Our reach is growing all the time, and especially with great guests. People want to hear their stories. They're listening. If you want to sponsor the show or an episode, just want to do one episode, or you can sponsor the whole show, let us know, and uh, we, can t- we can show you how to do that. Um, also, North Texas Giving Day we got coming up. We're going to be needing tons of sponsors for our fundraisers matching funds if you know your company or a company that would love to to donate like a thousand dollars but make it a matching fund or even five grand whatever make it a matching fund in other words you'll match up to dollar for dollar up to this amount um we had about eight to ten 
corporations that did that last year helped us raise seventy five thousand dollars. This year our goal is a hundred thousand. Why not, right? So anyway, that's it. I want to get straight to this episode, man. One oh two, Twan Win. He was on episode ten. Yes, that rhymes. I like to rhyme. Um I started to name this episode All I Do is Win 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 because his last name is Win. His girlfriend's name is last name is Win, and all he does is W I N Win. So, uh, but man, this guy he is the co-founder um, of a a coaching group called Premier Excel, and he's a good friend of mine. People started connecting us when I signed up to be uh, John Maxwell certified, and we have just been friends ever since. We've done some shows together, we've done some things together, we've collaborated. And I've just, ever since, listen, he's not going to tell his full story right now, but he told his full story in episode 10. So go listen to episode 10 if you want to know how he got to where we're going to talk about this episode. Because this episode, I mean, we're talking about relationships, business, and uh, and just life, you know, how to win in life. And so uh, without further ado, Tuan Nguyen of Premier Excel, here's the interview. Tuan, what's your middle name, Tuan? Hong. Hong? Yeah. Tuan Hong Win. Welcome to the second round of Background Check Podcast. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be back. <laughs> what were you waiting on, dude? I didn't know we I were just actually welcomed on to you, the man. air. I just welcomed you, bro. There was no, there was no, hey, are we ready to start? It was just, hey, what's your Welcome name? to Background Check Podcast is, is, the, is the start. What's going on, everyone? It's Tuan Hong Win. Good to be back on back background check podcast <laughs> round two round two if all you right no so uh man a lot has happened in your life since the first round okay you were single you uh weren't doing a million dollars a year in sales in, in a company um and you didn't have this uh, beautiful beautiful uh, prime rib walking around with you called prime rib because you know eve was taken from adam's rib ah. okay and um so i don't know what else has been new but i know you're just you, you've elevated your life your business everything you do your relationships to a higher level and so it's time to get you back on so we can help help more people and now we're in prisons and jails everywhere come on so uh, about I think about twelve or thirteen units in Texas have them. They're still rolling them out and putting putting wiring and everything in. But four hundred thousand tablets all across the nation. Wow! So, praise God, man! Four hundred so thousand tablets. tablets. We get we get letters, bro, from Arkansas, Arizona, Alabama, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut. All listen to the podcast. Wow! I sent you. Yep. I when they remember. first came on, you were you were actually the first guest to have an inmate write a letter about. Wow. I, I still have that yeah. snapshot of, yep. the, of that. So, uh, so yeah, if you're listening, I can't remember your name, but if you're listening in Arizona, Tuan's back on. Uh, if he hasn't sent you that stuff he was supposed to send you, we'll, uh, we'll hold him accountable for it right now and uh, just send him another letter. And uh, <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Um, no, I tell everybody too, when they write, uh, I'm probably, probably not going to write back, 
So uh, I, I just I'm upfront and honest, but I like to tell everybody to write in. I do give them shout outs. So yeah, so I give them all shout outs when they write in. So some people will write in just to just to get a shout out. So uh, the last few people there was a Jerron. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, I don't know when this was going to air. Actually, we're recording on the weekend of uh, June twenty, June twenty fourth, twenty fifth, here in Houston, Texas. It's hotter in here than it is in Dallas. Come on, man. I hey. don't like this humidity, bro. Hey, well, here's a good thing: is the the Houston heat, especially. Well, I guess that's kind of hard to say because we we're broadcasting to some prisons right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, watch how you grab about the heat, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Look, I know it's hot, y'all. It's hot here, but here's a good thing, man. Some days when I come outside and I feel how hot it is and I'm just praising God that I made it on the other side and that heat will make you feel like repenting on certain days. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, there's nothing like the heat that you feel coming through a window, laying on a metal bunk, man, there's nothing like it. I mean, dude, I used to take my, when I was at, the, when I was at the trustee camp, we were in the long, the long buildings, cubicles. And on Saturdays when we had to rack up, I would go, I was a trustee camp. So we had a few little benefits and perks. I would go dip my sheet in cold water because we had ice buckets, dip it in cold water. I would lay down on my bunk and I would, I would put the sheet over me and I'll put my fan at the end mm-hmm. underneath the sheet. Underneath. So I'd create that air, that wind, the hitting that cold sheet. And that would give me about an hour of, of, relief from the cool you know, and usually that's about how long it took for for count to clear yep but man it was whew. it was i would rather be out in the heat than in the building in the heat right because man those buildings man they, there's no hardly no ventilation muggy yeah. so well let's get to it man for like give us a little recap you know like the the, the two to three minute version summary of your story uh twan's episode original episode is somewhere around I think nine, ten, or eleven, something like that, and um, and so go listen to that if you haven't heard Twan's full story. Go listen to that one first, and then come back and hit hit round two. But Twan, just for everybody listening, just give a recap, you know, of your story, you know, uh, two to three minutes, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about all the new stuff God's doing in your life. Yeah, so my story is pretty uh, pretty simple, short, sweet. Three time convicted felon, eight first felony degrees, all drug related cases. Uh, Pretty much everything from possession with intent to deliver, uh, 400 plus. And so uh, I was I was just that Asian kid that was looking for significance in life. You know, uh, joined a gang early on, started dipping and dabbing in drugs. And I found a lot of significance in being that guy, you know, the guy that had the product, you know. And so when I'd step into a room and, and, and I'd, I'd be the guy that would just light up the room, right? And so uh, I just kind of fell into that lifestyle, you know. Uh, came from a very great household, but even in that, w- when you're, when you don't know what you're looking for, I think for me, I was just always looking for leadership. You yeah. know, a big part of my story is is how leadership changed my life after going to prison not once, not twice, but actually three times. And you know, during that last 16 year sentence, I got snitched out uh, by a so called friend or acquaintance. She was a stripper slash escort. Well. You kind of see what you see what kind of circles I ran around. Yeah. Actually, I got snitched out twice, so I was selling to like undercover narcotics. So you weren't even picking the right friends when you were living wrong. Well, <laughs> I 
well, I thought I, I thought I did. Yeah, I know. You know, but really, what it was when the was, heat's on, man, people will tell on anybody. Yeah, but you know, when you're in, you know, when you're in that, when you're in that lifestyle, you're so deten- desensitized. Yeah, like, you don't know right from wrong, and you get so comfortable in being around these lowly, lowly yeah. places and yep. people. And so that was just my comfort zone. But long story short, uh, got snitched out, facing 35 years to life, went back to prison for a 16-year sentence, and uh, I just started praying. I, you know, the, the moment of decision was when I was in the back of the cop car. I, actually, funny story, just hanging out with some cartel guys, right? So we both got busted at that time by narcotics, and uh, it's me and my fall partner. I thought this dude was going to be super hard, but, uh, you know, when when it hit, when it hits the fan, yep. what's in you usually comes yep. out. And uh, of course, we were in the back of the cop car, and I just sat there, and I was like, "Man, you know, the only thing I said was, Lord, I surrender." Uh, I wasn't blaming anybody else. I wasn't mad that I got snitched out. I was kind of for a second, but I, I just knew that God had a greater calling on my life than anything that i've done and i just knew that i had to go down this path you you, you kind of know i mean i gave my life to christ the second time when i was in prison yeah. uh, I, I, I had a relationship with jesus but i didn't know how to transition right, right. so think about this for those of you that that are are, are, are maybe maybe you've gone back right because i've talked to a lot of guys that been down two three four five i've been talked to a guy that's been down nine times yeah it's different because when you're in prison you can become somebody but it's the transition, right? Meaning that uh, when I was in prison that second time for three years, I got discipled. I was preaching the word of God. I was in ministry. I was also leading a gang at the same time. So I had a lot of influence. I was somebody, and that somebody didn't quite transfer to the free world the right. same. And here's what I mean by that: I experienced transformation on the inside out when I was in prison. But what I didn't experience yet was how the world would perceive me. Yeah. So when I got out, I was like, man, you know, I was just gung-ho. I was on fire. I'm like, man, I'm probably going to be preaching behind a pulpit somewhere, and, and someone's going to recognize and see my gift and give me a platform. <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for this, Yeah. right? So I knew I had this gift. I knew I had this calling, but I didn't, I didn't understand patience. Yeah. I didn't understand, I didn't understand that God would have me sit for a season like this unused vessel. And so when I got out, I, it, I was so quick to want a platform. I was so quick to want to teach and lead and, and, and become a leader. And, and that got me in trouble real quick because when I didn't get what I want fast enough, slowly but surely, I felt like I wasn't significant enough. Mm. And then from there, you know, of course, just working a nine to five. I think I was working at a machine shop at that time. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't in fellowship. You know, I didn't have a home church. So I, I played that Lone Ranger yeah. mentality where eh, I'm good enough. I'm saved. <laughs> I know how to lead people to Christ. I know the word. I've actually memorized chapters. Like, come on, somebody. Like, I'm good. And that was the biggest mistake was not being in community because right. slowly but surely I started going back to familiar people, places, and things. And sometimes I, I use that term, Captain Sabo, mm-hmm. right, where you think you're strong enough to go just save people out the trenches and you know, and then, you know, females were also, uh, I think, a big part of my weakness was, oh, you know, because guess what we've been praying for yeah. this whole time yeah. in prison? Godly woman. <laughs> Give me a wife, Lord. <laughs> praying for the Proverbs 31. And then the enemy will use that. 
Because now anything that just seems like, could that be the one? Oh, yeah, because the devil, people don't realize that God has a will for our life, and so does the devil. Right. And the devil will package his will and his woman and his job 99% that look make to make it look 99% like the one God has for you. Right. And if you're not so in tune with God, you're not leaning in far enough to know the truth, the whole 100% truth to know when that 1% is off, mm. then you're going to fall for you and you're going to unintentionally settle for something that God doesn't have for you and you're actually settling for something that the devil used to distract you from getting the best and being the best version of yourself. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. That's why. I, that's why I told you. You know the prayer I prayed when I was in prison, right. because I mean I was like I didn't want a woman to distract me. I was honest about how I was, and I was ready to commit a, a life of celibacy, you know, um, <laughs> right. because of it, and because uh, I wanted God so much. And I think when he f- when he figured that out, he's like, man, this dude's for real. He's willing to give up, you know, sex for for me. Right. I f- I think when he figured that out, how genuine I was, he was. That's when he was like. All right, no, I don't pray that. I got somebody set aside for you, right? And uh, and so so yeah, man. So what else do you think happened during that last time? Ah, uh, I mean, I th- I think the last time I was on this pod- podcast, if you guys actually go back and listen, it was almost about two years ago, Jay. Yeah, you it know, was. Uh, just got out of prison. We got connected through a couple people from Hope City, and uh, you know, uh, me and Jay Dan are actually part of a you know, a huge. A leadership organization, uh, John Maxwell uh, team, where uh, we got certified as speakers, coaches, and trainers, and uh, that was my start. Like, uh, yeah, I, God gave me this vision for leadership. So when when prior to coming home, I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to become a leader. I want to speak. I want to coach. I want to train, and I just didn't know how. Yeah, and so I did what I knew best. I called my mama. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, you know, hey, look, check out this guy named John Maxwell. He's a leadership coach, speaker, like he's a guru. He's written over 100 books, da 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 And I remember my mom saying, we'll pray about it. You know what that means. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, now you tell this story on the first one, so we're not going to retell it. Go right. listen to the first one. But let's fast forward because you got involved in John Maxwell. You were right. on, the, uh, Mark Cole brought you on the stage right out of prison, paid for your first uh, whatever, the mentorship, mentorship. or whatever. And got you up there, and uh, and then since then, okay, mm-hmm. that was your first IMC. I went to the next IMC, I think, after that, where, where you didn't go. But then I was like, you know, then that's how we connected. They all connected us in the group. And but now, now at some point, you know, you were trying to find. I remember having conversations with you about just trying to find your lane, you know, and right. find your space, and and uh, and you and Corey. Um, I, I tell that story because since then, since that last podcast, you and Corey have taken, you, you both committed to building a business. Right. And tell us about that, what you do and what kind of faith that took and what kind of doubts were there, you right. know, like, I mean, I'm sure you probably doubted yourself, doubted God, you know, um, I know he left, he left, uh, uh corporate. job, corporate job, right? Yep to do this with a felon, you know, what was that like? You know, I mean, he had to have some faith, right? Hey. Uh, so talk about that journey and, uh, and what that's been, because, you know, there's guys behind, behind bars right now, or there's even guys out here that maybe just gotten out or that, that maybe just want to start something new in life that aren't sure they can do something like what you guys are doing. But, yep. uh, so talk about the start, talk about the challenges and, 
and uh, and all that to where you're at now. Yeah. So uh, you know what happened was uh, got a certification as a as a leadership coach. Now, just because you have a title, maybe you have a a brand name behind you, doesn't mean that you'll succeed, right? Uh, that's what I thought at first. I thought if I could just get a recognized certification, I'm a leadership coach. I'm Tuan Win. I'm a speaker, coach, and trainer. Pay me my money. Doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, One, you have to learn how to market yourself. Two, you have to learn how to sell. And then three, you have to build like, know, and trust. Yep. And then with my rap sheet, no corporation is going to just hire me to come in to train their team. And if my resume is like, well, I've trained some inmates, I've led a (laughs) gang, like that, you know, I remember, you know, I used to lead a ministry. I was like president of Toastmasters. And I thought all these credentials would like, you know, have some type of presence yeah carry some weight and they nobody didn't. cares nobody cares that you were the the ministry leader of uh, i think it was called breaking of the bread the, the, the unit i was at right <laughs> so that didn't carry too much weight but it gave me a lot of experience and um you know when we're building this coaching company one thing i can say to uh everyone listening right now is social media is a game of attention and if you don't know about social media right now you need to learn how to invest in it what I really got good at as we we're building this, this coaching company and building like no and trust is I got good at telling my story. All right, so tell us what the name of the company is. Uh, so our coaching company is called Premier Excel, right? Okay, and you guys basically coach coaches. Yeah, so what we do is we help Christian coaches, mainly Christian coaches that are looking to build their online business using a Facebook group model. Okay, so it's very specific what you do. Very specific. Gotcha. Uh, if I would, if I want to get super super specific, is I help coaches actually generate hundred thousand dollars in their business okay. using Facebook, right? So if I if I if I'm not a Christian and I want to use your services, I have to get saved. Uh, no, but I'll pray for you. Okay, good. Yeah, good. just making sure. Yeah, just making sure. Yeah, nah, you, but no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I we understand. we just naturally attract attract Christians. But in the past seventeen months, we've been able to generate one point four million dollars. I've watched the journey on Facebook. You, you've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen y'all. You know, talk about you know thousand dollar months and then six thousand dollar months and ten thousand dollar months then eventually you're not talking about months anymore you're talking about year uh you know uh dollars or you know per month you're talking about how much you did you know a million dollars in a year or whatever that time frame that was so um it's it's very impressive um so when y'all first started man what i mean what did y'all decide how did you decide say okay this is what we're gonna do we want to i mean you just listed all the stuff you do Mm -hmm. but how did you decide you know, there may be somebody out there that wants to be a coach. Maybe somebody out there that, that wants to be a coach of coaches like you. Right. Um, how did y'all come up with the ideas of what you're going to do? And then how did you get over the struggles at the beginning, you know, of, of getting over? Because, I mean, you, you struggled at first, yeah. right? Yeah, we we had some tough moments. There was a time where me and Corey uh, first started partnering up and we started just doing free stuff uh, because we just we wanted to get our name out. We wanted yeah. to build some credibility. Uh, we, we didn't know our worth in the marketplace. So a lot of times we just had to do stuff that was for free. I remember doing a training for probably about 12 or 13 people. It was about three hours. Uh, we did this uh, training called the Leadership Game. You, you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. But this training usually costs anywhere from like 1500 to $2,000. And we facilitated this game and went all in. And we had, the people were praising us. They were saying, what a great job, you guys. Can't wait to have you guys back. And we're like, you know what? We're probably going to get a, a good honorarium. They're probably going to give us like at least 500 bucks. And I'll never forget, uh, 
after that event, I think it was the pastor and his wife, she came up to us just to kind of just embrace us. And uh, she pulled, she reached out in her bag. And I was like, yeah, this is the moment of decision right here. We're about to get paid, Corey. And I'm telling you, Jay, like this was a defining moment in our lives was when she pulled out a Whataburger coupon. All right. I don't know if you guys know what Whataburger is. It's dang good. But it was not good when it came to us expecting maybe like at least $500. She gave us both a burger joint coupon for Whataburger. And I remember walking out to the to the parking lot and we just looked at each other just broken, distraught, like, wow. Like, this is what we got paid with. And uh, I'll never forget that because that Whataburger coupon expired on 6 2019 <laughs> But we didn't. That's right. You see, that Whataburger coupon was worth maybe $5 worth of value. You know what that Whataburger coupon is worth right now? $1.4 million and still going because that was that defining moment where we look back and we tell that story over and over and over. And so I, I got to say that that was, um, that was a, a picture of a never despise small beginnings. Uh, from that right there, we just kept on failing fast. We failed forward. And I'll say this for, 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 for everyone listening, here's the cool thing about being an entrepreneur. You're willing to take big risk. Yeah. All right. I knew that I wasn't just going to settle for a nine to five working for minimum wage. I wasn't going to work for McDonald's, you know, even though I could have I'm not saying that you can't get a job when you get out, but I just, I, I wasn't content with just working for someone. And the only other option there is either you're going to be employed for your life or you're going to deploy. All right. And so it was the moment of decision where like I, I, I might need to get a job for a season. But if I really wanted to build my own, own online business, I would have to have a mindset of an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur, number one, has to take risk. Uh, you have to give yourself permission to fail and you have to invest in yourself. Uh, so, um, we, you know, we finally cracked the code, you know, after just about a year and a half of just struggling, I started learning how to sell affiliate products at first. Yeah. And what that is, is, uh, you just, I, I took someone else's product or course and you can make like a small profit or commission. So I did that for a season. I made a little bit of money. And then finally, when me and Corey just kind of came back, he was on the verge of quitting his corporate job. I was like on the verge of going back to waiting tables at my cousin's restaurant because of the pandemic. And praise God, all that flop. And then we came together one day and said, man, you know what? I think we can build something together. And I think our market or a target audience that we naturally attract is faith-based entrepreneurs. Yeah. And the skill set we had to learn was, I think we can help them build social media. And we just started there. And, 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 and the more and more we grew, we started investing into other things. So in the past year, we probably invested over $100,000 in coaching yeah. for what? To learn new skill sets that would make you more valuable. So here's the lesson here. Find the biggest problem in the marketplace and solve it. Yeah. That's how you make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we have a, there was a teacher at our church recently, and he was teaching a school of kingdom, school of reformer, kingdom reformers. And, and one of the things he talked about being a kingdom reformer is that you whatever area sphere that you're serving in 
whether it's business, marketplace, me in, in the parole, criminal justice system, wherever you're trying to make some changes or make something happen, is the first thing you need to do is ask what's missing. Mm. What's missing? Yeah. You know, his, he gave an example of his wife in the school, public school system. She was like, something's not being right, not, not done right in teaching our elementary school kids. We're just right. teaching them for the star test. So she took a break from teaching and said, what's missing? And she began to ask God to deposit strategies and solutions. And she created this own private school wow. that is teaching kids in a different way. And she's about to take the whole program that she's teaching. She's added, adding more grades, but now she's going to go and, 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 and show all the results that they're getting because their students are like, wait. So he, he basically said, he said, wherever you're trying to surf, ask the question, what's missing? And ask God to deposit the strategies and solutions because wherever you go, if God deposits strategies and solutions for something that's missing, then somebody, anybody, is going to want to use your they're, they're going to want you they're going to want you on board they're going to buy your product they're going to let invite you into their system to help better their lives their system whatever and so that's exactly what you are you're a kingdom reformer you know and you're you're reforming the way entrepreneurship is done uh you're changing the way it's it's done with helping other people you know uh, fulfill their dreams you know you're showing people how to do different things and you're finding out what's missing and, and coming up with strategies and solutions to help people better themselves. So anything else new in your life since, uh, since last time? <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for love <laughs> in all the right in all, places. In all the right places. You see, before it was looking for love in all the wrong. Oh, gosh. I think I found. Okay. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm, I'm not much of a worship leader okay so um she's already got your last name does that mean y'all are married uh i mean i guess legally yeah with yeah no no so uh, a big turn of events in my life was uh you know i was serving at church and uh of course you know when remember that y'all he was serving at church all right keep I was going. serving at church uh and i, I was i was kind of like jay like lord praying for the proverbs 31 wife five years straight you know and you look and, and you start praying, like, according to your will, not his will, right? So you kind of, like, put, like, what color? Eyes, hair, and, and I don't know where this came from, Jay. Uh, I just, I, I thought I was going to marry, like, a Caucasian, right? I think as, uh, when, I, when I was growing up in Asian culture, a big part of my rebellion is uh, not following orders from my parents which yeah. is you're gonna marry someone of your own race right I'm like no i'm not i'm gonna have mixed kids and i'm gonna marry someone that's white and so i just kind of grew up with like this fixation of like i'm just gonna have a mixed family and when i got out um you know um i was at church for probably about a year and a half and that's when uh i ran across uh, this really beautiful asian girl by the name of olivia Nguyen. she had my last name and I didn't think nothing of it, you know. Uh, I was just like, mm, she, yeah, she's just another Asian chick. She actually kind of looks kind of bougie. Uh, but <laughs> By the way, y'all, she's sitting right here uh, watching this interview. <laughs> yeah, she's loving it right now. She's like filming. It. She's like just yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't think nothing of it, uh, uh, you know. But and the same thing. She was not looking to date yeah. an Asian guy. Yeah. And God has a, a funny, I mean, a sense of humor. You know, yeah. probably about a year and a half later, we decided to 
co-lead uh, John Maxwell oh, connect group. Okay. And uh, through that group, we now, just got... Now, was she a, a JMT -er already, or... No, no, she wasn't. She just wanted to she, partner with you and lead the class. Yeah, she wanted to help. Uh, she, she knew the value of John Maxwell, yeah, yeah. and so we decided to partner up. And, that, and I think it was like maybe in week five, we caught eyes one day, and it was just one of those moments. You know that moment. Wait, week like, five, you finally caught eyes. Where, where were y'all looking week one through four? I think we were just. I think. She, I think she was trying to play hard to get. Okay. Yeah, she was trying to play hard to get me. I was like, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't like that, y'all. But <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Oh man! But, but all right, so week five, you caught eyes in a different way. We caught we we caught eyes, and uh, I was like, man, could this possibly be something? Took her out for crawfish. Uh, I think I that was probably, crawfish was your first date. Crawfish was our first date because we were just friends. Wow, we were just friends, and I remember her kind of just we were just talking about relationships, and you know, she's telling me, you know, I'm ready to settle down, ready to get married. And she asked me this question, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like Paul. I'm good being single right now." <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I really meant that. Okay. Uh, fast track, maybe two two months later, here we are. We we officially start. Wait a minute, I still can't get past crawfish on the first day because I mean, isn't that messy? Are y'all like, oh, you know, like the way you eat crawfish isn't that messy? Well, you know, I turned that mess into a message. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. I like it. I like it. All right. All right. Keep going. So yeah. fast forward. Um, but yeah, we, we just, we came to realize that then this could be something, uh, something that God ordained because she was, uh, she was celibate or she was abstinent for about five years and God was transforming her life. Yeah. Got her saved during that time. We ended up being at the same church. And during those five years that I was getting transformed or getting renewed in prison, God was also working in both of our lives. And there's just, you know, when we finally met, I was like, man, you know what? You could be, like, I think it was, was it month two? It was probably month two where I said, one. month one. Month one. Where I, I, I said, I think, I think I want you to have my baby. Wow. You said that? Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh, that's funny. It was, um, but you know where it came from? It came from confidence. We yeah. were in premarital counseling in month two. Wow. All right, but here, here's the thing. Uh, why premarital counseling? Because learning from a lot of other couples, premarital and just having counseling and just, you know, really getting yourself right before marriage Absolutely. is so key. And so that, that's why we've been invested. I still have a counselor. And at that point, you already knew. I mean, if you knew she was going to have your baby at some point, then you already knew y'all were going to get married. So, uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that we were, my, my wife and I, we were, we got into a marriage class as soon as we got engaged. Right. So, yeah, we learned a lot. So, wow, month two, you were in premarital counseling, and, uh, and, and you were only, he'd only been leading the class together for how many weeks? About five Wow. Weeks. Yeah. See, so guys, get in church and serve. Get in church and serve, and you will find, you will find that 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 one that you're not looking for. Yeah. So, uh, so how long ago was that? I think we're going a year and a half now. Yeah, year and a half any, now. Any plans in place yet to uh. a date? I'm putting you on the spot. Come on. Yeah, she's watching. Too. Who's holding? Who's holding the date? Uh, the date thing up. Come on, let's go. 
I, I think we're planning by this year. Yeah, this to year. Officially tie the knot. We'll probably have a small wedding. Say I do in 22. Yeah, say I do in 22. Come on, man. I just gave you the theme of your wedding. Yep. Come on. Yeah. So it's going to be definitely be a win-win celebration. Just have some of those wedding mints at your reception. I love those, okay? Wedding mints? Yeah, those little mints. Okay. They're called wedding mints. I don't know if they're what they're officially called, but they're always at weddings. They're these little mints. Just make sure you have them. They're real soft when you, they kind of melt in your mouth when you put them in your mouth. I gotta check those Just out. This, they're, they're yeah. amazing, dude. Yeah, I I, I do want to give you I do want to give you this update too. Uh, so yeah, so life now is just really it, it's really different. All right. So when I first got out, I didn't have a lot of responsibility. Like think about how much responsibility you had we had when we were in prison. It was pretty much wake up, shower, go to work. Wake up, shower, go to work, and then go to work. I and, and you have so much structure, but when now. I'm trying to balance life, Jay, yeah, yeah. and there's days where I get so full of anxiety because now I have a team that, uh, that you know, we literally have to pay, right? Uh, we have this seven-figure business now where there's ebbs and flows. Like, certain months aren't the same. And then, two, I'm trying to serve a church. I kind of had some church hurt recently. <laughs> uh, had, uh, had some stuff happen in leadership uh, at my church, and uh, just things happen. So, just kind of finding our place there and then managing and, and just trying to find balance just through relationship with olivia like all that together you don't get trained for this no in prison. they don't teach that in the re-entry no. classes no <laughs> you, you, you just got to go through it so uh it, it's a new season for me uh but here was some good news so during the time when i was in prison i, I sold a lot of seeds on uh just Mac, maxwell leadership yeah. and we were able to start a couple of volunteer classes but nothing solidified just recently, I had a counselor from uh, Prison Fellowship reach out to me and said, hey, we got John Maxwell curriculum now officially in phase two. And what that means is every person that goes through that unit, the faith-based program, has to go through that class. John Maxwell. At, yeah. at uh, Carol Vance? At Carol Vance. Awesome. And guess who they reached out? You. Yeah. Of course. So uh, I'll be heading back into the prison uh, officially as a volunteer now to be leading that Tuesday Well, maybe class. they'll give you a, a Whataburger coupon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll take it for that, right? Take it. You know, I'll probably bring in Whataburger instead. <laughs> it's better than eating in the ODR. Yeah. Uh, well, man, that's amazing. You know, that, and you did sow a lot of seeds. Uh, some of them illegal, right? Because you smuggled some of the stuff in, that had some guards bring it in that weren't supposed to be bringing stuff in. Yeah, they were just they were just <laughs> illegal notes. <laughs> oh, I love that, man! I, you're 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 bringing you're smuggling leadership stuff into prison. And I'm asking my mom to bring in wart uh, remover on her hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never got a wart in my life till I went to prison. And they didn't have anything on commissary. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even give me a time of day at medical. So how, how did did she was she able to get that in? Yeah, she wore three of those uh, doctors, uh, uh, whatever the doctor shoals or whatever skin right. wore. She wore three of them. They looked like little band aids. Uh-huh. She wore three of them on her on her knuckle. And then we were in visitation and you know put all the candy in the middle and we just act like you know <laughs> take them off her hand and put them on mine and you know and and then if they're like what is that I'm like what I got a wart. And then just put it back over, and they think I think I got it in medical. So, right, I had my mom. Uh, so you had your mom committing crimes. Yep. Yeah. Wow. 
It's not that serious. Oh, um, funny, 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 man. Yeah, if if we got in trouble for that, that would have been funny. What what do you what do you miss most about prison? Do you, is there anything you miss? You know, uh, I asked somebody that uh, earlier today in one of the other interviews, and uh, I actually asked them what I meant to say. What when they were in prison? What did they miss about being out in the world? But they answered it by saying, "What I miss about prison is." Wow is the, the brotherhood and the community, mm. you know, because it can get methodical and mechanical routine in there. But the, the one thing that I did love, especially when I was at the Lockhart unit is the, the relationships that relationships that you cultivate during prison experiences are often solidified a lot quicker and, and, and last almost a lifetime. And I mean, I think of, I think of my wife, even though we were already married, when we went through two miscarriages and then a 20 week old stillborn, my wife and I got closer in that 20 week old stillborn because of what we went through, how we went through it. We, we became more close as, as a husband and wife in that, in that experience. And, you know, I had three guys that I were, I was locked up with that were my groomsmen at my wedding. Right. You know, because that, that brotherhood, you know, um, that community never left, you know. And one of those guys um, brought this food for this weekend for all these po- podcast interviews. Reggie McCoy at Blake's Barbecue. Right. Shout out to Reggie. Um, you know, and one of the other ones was another uh, Pastor Joseph Peterson. And then uh, today, earlier today, Joseph Peterson, I was locked up with him. We, we shared the stage in the pulpit, you know, right. and preached together. Um, yesterday, the first interview was Herb, Herb Addison. He was a, a musician and rapper in prison. And, wow. you know, and so these are guys that I have lifetime relationships with, you know. And, um, and so it's, it's hard to – I don't meet too many new guys and cultivate friendships that much that, that way out here anymore. And I think being married has a, has a part to play in that because right. you don't, you know – you're just not doing that, you know, and, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there's not too many things I miss about it, but, but I think there's a certain, I will say this, there's never been a time out here in a church service or a men's group or whatever that compares to the first time a hundred us, hundred or 150 of us men on an Easter Sunday in church all singing in unison at the top of our lungs with our hands lifted, singing how great is our God. Mm. I've never experienced anything like that out here. Right. And I don't know why. I, I, I've been in men's breakfasts. We've been singing. But it's the closest thing that I can explain it to is like when all the disciples and, and everybody that was in the upper room, when the Bible says they were all in one accord. Yeah. And when they were all in one accord, something special happened. And I feel like that that last Sunday in prison when we were all singing How Great Is Our God, uh, almost 150 of us, I feel like something special happened. And I've and like I said, I've never, I've never had that feeling out here. And so, you know, I mean, and I get, I get to go back in <clears throat> in prison, and and get to sit in some worship services, and those are really cool. Just something about the worship services in prison. Right. Uh, it's really neat. It's really neat, but. I don't know. What do you do? You miss about what do you miss about prison? Anything? I mean, showering with a hundred other men. 
<laughs> no, definitely not the showers. Uh, I would I would just say probably some of the worship services were really cool, but I would say that just the the quiet time. Yeah. The quiet time. I mean, you guys cherish, embrace, enjoy that quiet time you have. Get in the word of God. Like allow God to speak to you. Uh, once you get out here, this world moves fast. There's days where I find myself just running so fast, and, and I, there's so many excuses where I can't sit still. Yeah. Because there's so many things going on. I remember when I was in prison, it was like, man, you can actually sit. You didn't have your your phone. There was no social media, and the only people you really got to fellowship with was your brothers. Yeah. And so uh, I I missed that. I missed that because that was the biggest transformation in my life was just being cultivated while I was in prison, and uh, and now you know now 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 I just find it a lot harder because you're so busy with life. And Dude, I, I I used to get up at four thirty when my when my cellmate would go to work, and I'd eat breakfast, and then I wouldn't have anywhere to be for till nine o'clock. And we weren't allowed to be. We were at a private facility, so we're two man cells, air conditioned, heat and air conditioned, uh, and they had a day room. Well, you weren't allowed to come out in the day room until like seven seven a.m. So if you came out for breakfast, you had to rack back up. Right. Every once in a while, they would let somebody because we had favor or whatever stay out in the day room and, and just watch tv because it wasn't loud because you plugged your headphones into the big bench right and you could hear but you know a lot of times i would just go back into my cell because i'd have a cell all to myself right till nine o'clock till eight thirty when i turned out and there was a time probably six eight months before i got out of prison from five to six I would just read, right. read. And then from 6 to 7, 7.30, I would pray in my cell. Just pray. I mean, nonstop. You know, I mean, I know Paul talks about pray without ceasing. I I, I did that for at least a couple of hours in the morning. And, and man, I don't know if I've ever prayed that long out here since I've been <laughs> out, you know? Right. Um, and what I tell people, what, what – because I was asking God, I was like, God, how, how do I manage getting all of that like two or three hours in the morning of, of peace and quiet and intentional leaning into you? How do I get that out here now? And he said, you have to be more intentional out here mm. with every minute that you have than you were about that intentionality of the, the first two or three hours of the day. He said, so you, you may get two hours of free time throughout your whole day, but it may not all be at the beginning of the day like it was in prison. Right. He said, so you've got to find those 10 minutes here, those 15 minutes here, instead of being on your phone, be with me. Instead mm -hmm. of being on Netflix, be with me. Oh, I'm convicting somebody right now, ain't I? I'm myself. Um, but that's, that's what it's all about, is being in intentionality. It's a huge word, intentional. Right. Um, because if you don't intentionally live your life, it's going to unintentionally live you. Mm. And so, um, what's been your biggest challenge, um, you know, since our last podcast, growing a business, building a relationship with Olivia, um, what, what's been some of the biggest challenges spiritually, financially, physically? I'll start off with spiritually, uh, uh spiritually, 
it's so easy to get distracted here. Yeah. Um, it's it's so easy for me to get distracted. Uh, sometimes I multitask. And you can find yourself being super busy. And it seems like there's a lot of movement in your life. But I think I've experienced some, my spiritual growth kind of stunt in this past year. And a lot of it just comes through, you know, what you're listening to. Right. Um, you know, even the church that you're growing in. Uh, you know, I once heard a pastor said, hey, you know, when you get out and you're choosing a church, uh, are you choosing a church because you see an opportunity to be on a platform? <laughs> Are you really looking for a church that will help you grow? Yeah, and that good. really pierced me because a lot of times when we get out, you know, some of you guys that do have like gifts and talents, like be careful of your motives on why you're seeking to be amongst certain people, uh, because God judges the intent of your heart. But uh, for me, is is that spiritual growth? When I was in prison, I grew really fast. I was really into the Word. I, I was, you know, sharing my faith every single day. But uh, I look at now with just work, relationships, my spiritual growth, it's probably like at a six or seven. And, I, you know, I definitely want to be there at a nine or ten. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say with spiritual is just uh, not knowing how to – well, let me say this, creating boundaries. Gotcha. Uh, I was working with my counselor this week. And uh, in my top three was, hey, if, if three things got resolved in your life, uh, what would that mean? So I, I listed the first one was – creating boundaries right the second one was um putting god first and really being still and and and, and trusting him and spending more time reading and, and praying and i figured out what number three was and then i stopped and i was like you know what oh i think i need to change number one to, <laughs> to to number two which is i need to put god first she goes well i think you're i know i think you're good here because uh, how do you put god first if you can't create boundaries and i said man it's so true because a lot of times it's like, I want to put God first, I want to put God first. But on the flip side, I don't know how to create boundaries. I don't know how to say no. I, I, I people please. I, I want to serve, serve, serve. If you created the right boundaries, God might automatically be first. Amen. So that was an aha moment there. That's uh, good. So, yeah. Um, but Speak, okay, let's, 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 let's uh, I'm all over the place now. But <laughs> speaking of aha moments, real quick. All right. We were at the same mastermind a few weeks ago. Okay. Any aha moments from there? Man, the power of one more. Uh, there was a message that just really resonated. I know it, it's it. Uh, I think you went back and probably saw the. Yeah, I bought the book and they gave us free access to his Max Out Live uh, presentation, which was the same one. The same. Yeah, one more. it's a. It was a. It was. It was called the power of one more. And what I got from that was, you know, especially as us, we fall. I've fallen several times, but it's just that one more. You just yeah. get up and you just. You just keep on going and just allowing failures to be a stepping stone and not this big monument where you can't overcome. And, and here's here's what I'll say. You can fail your way to success, but you can't use excuses to be successful. That's good. All right. So, but yeah, that was my aha moment there. What was yours? Oh, man. Um, I think Eric Thomas blew me away. Because yep. I'd never actually ever listened to any of his stuff before. Okay, wow. I knew who he was, yep. and I knew he was a sought-off, powerful, motivational speaker. I just never, I never was around any of his stuff. So, and I didn't go seek it out. But now I'm seeking it out, you know. And he talked about owning it, owning it, you know, mm -hmm. and that we live in the most 
amazing place in the world and we have every opportunity and if we don't have what we want it's our own fault yeah you know and, and he's talked about changing your mindset um and he talked about you know his he talked about his uh wanting to do work and provide content for the detroit lions you know because that's where he's from right and and he was providing so much free content for them hoping to sign a big deal with them yep and but he never did you know and he because they were just expecting to to get it for free and uh and and he talked about that being his home team you know his yep. his people and you know they weren't coming with a check but san francisco was you know because yeah. san francisco saw value in what he was providing and you know that just that that really spoke a lot to me and jessamy because uh, I, I recorded that and let her listen to right. all of it and uh and that spoke a lot to us, you know, because sometimes sometimes we, we want to be loyal to a team um, that devalues us. Yeah. And and that's keeping ourselves from going and being somewhere where we are needed and valued. And um, that was huge. David Harris giving an altar call at the end of his. That was that was incredible. Yeah, that was. That was incredible. Um, so, okay. All right couple of couple of steps that guys getting out of prison can take um practically to to start their own business practical steps to start your own business number one is uh i uh, let's just keep it super practical like uh one is <laughs> you need to figure out what kind of business you want to run yeah. I, th I think uh starting in prison is just kind of uh, what's what's your business plan? I think you can I, while you're in prison, you can create a business plan before. you So get you need out. an idea or a product, a service, or something to sell. Absolutely. Um, what about getting a mentor? Uh, find someone that is successful in that and in what you want to do. Yeah. Yep. That helps. And be intentional about making connections. So here's the thing. Uh, I've had so many people that because they heard my story because I intentionally connected to them yeah. and showed my determination and my will to succeed, they poured into me. Uh, it's opened up um, stages for me. Uh, it's brought in other connections, but no one really knows until you actually share your story. So get good at sharing yeah, your story. That's good. All right, so yeah. that'd be number one. Uh, two, uh, build your credit. Like yeah. you got look, there's this thing called it, they say cash is king, but I'm starting to realize now that credit is king because now you can start leveraging money that is not even yours. Uh, so I would say if you don't have credit, start building on your credit right so away. Good. I didn't build my credit when I first came home. I just I didn't have no credit and I just kept on going. But now uh, I'm trying to leverage credit to uh, you know get hundred thousand dollar loans because I want to purchase cars i want yep. to start a rental car business like there's nice. so much you can do now with just having good credit so work on your credit everybody can start a rental car business now you know you know that right look, with turo there's no turo is incredible it's look, like the airbnb of cars i couldn't believe it it's it's crazy look there's no excuse for any inmate coming out of prison not to make money yep and that goes with what eric thomas was saying there is no reason why we lived in the land, the biggest land of opportunity Absolutely. there is. Nobody coming out of prison or no background, nothing should be holding you back from getting what you want yep. and doing it. And, 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 but he said the same thing you did. 
know what you want. Yeah. He said, you got to wake up every day. And what he said he wanted was the Nobel Peace Prize. Yep. And he said, I wake up every day and everything I do, everything I build, everything I construct is all towards that one goal. So you got to know what you want. And, um, well, uh, let's see. Do I have any more relationship questions for you? Um, uh, everything's been going great for y'all, right? No challenges, <laughs> no struggles that you can share wisdom about. And okay. All right. I'm going to give y'all some, some, some relationship 101. Okay. 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 Hey. God can transform your life completely there. But until you get into a, a serious, intimate relationship, you won't know some of the things that you still need to work on. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, you know, in our first year and a half, like we've, we've gone through a lot of struggles, uh, just mainly because of communication, um, just to be raw and transparent. Um, my counselor shared this with me. So I grew up not from a toxic home, but I grew up in a very enabling home yeah meaning that my parents gave me everything yeah uh my mom always did everything for me that's a form of toxicity but not it's not real yeah, toxic it, but it, it's different because yeah, like, like i know what you're like, saying like, like olivia experienced a different toxicity yeah. and so she came more from like an abusive home yeah. where she was always criticized and now it kind of affects on how she you know uh conducts with her communication because yeah. it's we grew up with this for yeah. me uh i grew up people pleasing uh, and I never realized this, but looking back, I've never heard my mom say no to me. Mm. Wow. And I didn't think about it, but that's crazy, bro. But my counselor pointed this out. She's like, well, I think a lot of this is maybe your mom enabling you. And she never said no to you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like now I have the hardest time saying no. So I'll say, maybe I'll say, I'll think about it. But what I really want to say is no. But why do I say maybe, why do I say, let me think about it? Because I have this guilt. That if I say no, you won't accept me. Mm. If I say no, you won't like me. So what I'll end up doing is I'll compromise my own self-care to say yes to you. And what happens later is I get frustrated. I overcommit and then I hate yeah, it. Yeah. And so uh, a, a lot of our relationship is, is, is kind of in a back and forth. But we're, we're discovering that more and more. Yeah. I shut down a lot. As a man, I think, you, you, we, I think we had this conversation is when I get offended by her, maybe because it wasn't affirming, she didn't speak a certain way, I felt disrespected, I shut down. And what yeah. I mean by shut down is I'm not going to talk, I can't process, uh, I run away. And uh, for her, it's like, no, we're going to talk this out right now. <laughs> like, what you mean we're going to talk this out right now? I'm like, no, give me some time to process. I can. And so we, we battle with that daily. Yeah. Yep. And uh, because for, for me, just being single or just always running away from my problems and just avoiding conflict, now it's like I'm faced with conflict and I, I, I'm still learning how to cope with it. Yeah. And that's good. And you never, you never stop learning. No. Um, you know, one of the things that our, our pastors talked to us in premarital counseling about was five topics. Faith, family, finances, communication, and sex. Those were the five things, the five topics that we went over during premarital counseling. And we went, we took them one by one. And some weeks we spent more time on, on certain things than other, yeah. but communication, you know, he said, and he said, they kind of all tie together. Right. Because the family part had to do with our upbringing, mm. how we were raised. The fact that two different backgrounds, two different ways of being raised, me and Jessamy, we were both raised in the church, but 
her family was one way at the dinner table and my family was another way at the dinner table. And those, those two ways were totally polar opposite. Right. And we bring that into our marriage yeah. and it's crazy, you know, and, but every little thing, every little thing, finances, faith, faith was, you know, faith was, faith was probably the least amount of issues that we had, but communication because me and me and just me are totally different in the way we communicate everything the way we process everything the way we receive everything the way we just everything and um but you know he, he talked about it you know even sex he's like how much do y'all think you're gonna have sex when you get married and we're like oh yeah well, what every week every day all that you know <laughs> i mean golly you know and the reality hits you know and then and then you know you talk about finances and what do you think all this and and he said, now I'm just going to warn you, even though I'm telling you about it and I'm warning you about it, I'm giving you head notice that you're going to, you're going to have arguments about all these. It's, you're still going to have all, you're still going to have arguments about these and to this day, you know, especially when you're, I don't know, culturally, it might be different for y'all because y'all coming from the same culture, but you know, our families had different traditions. And so like, especially at holiday times, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, your family, wants us to come to all these family right. traditions, but I want to have our own family traditions, you know, let's not, you know, and so, it, and, and again, you know, you're still having that 10 years into your marriage, you know, and, yeah. and you all, it, we could always trace something back to one of those five topics that we talked about. And, um, you know, our first year of marriage though, I think I might've told you this before was hell. Our first year of marriage was hell. Our two, two years of dating was amazing. Right. First year of marriage, hell. Wow. And we moved into a one bedroom apartment yep. and we argued every day, every night. I I we both love to be right. We both not only do we love to be right, oh, we wow. wanna prove we wanna prove why you're wrong. Wow. And so I don't know if I'm, you know, hitting on any uh <laughs> and so we we argued every night before we went to bed. And I would stay up late watching right. this is back in two thousand eight. I would stay up late watching reruns of ESPN because I didn't want to go lay down in the bed with her. And she was fine with that because wow. we were both mad at each other and neither one of us were gonna give. So you're talking about two people who have two different personalities fighting the same way. Oh man. And and I told you we were in a marriage class, so we stayed in that marriage class after we got married. And I'm sitting there listening to Jimmy Evans uh, on video. He's good. And he, he reads a verse in, in Ephesians 5 that says, Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loves the church. Mm. And I, I mean, I didn't even react to the verse, and the Holy Spirit knew it. So the Holy Spirit said, You're not loving Jessamy the way Jesus loves you or the church. And I'm like, What are you talking about? He's like, you're always, You always have to be right. You always have to argue. And I said, all right, well, how do I love her the way you need me to love her? And he said, I want you to trust me on this process. He said, but every, next time you get in an argument, I need you to do these four things. I said, okay, what are they? He said, the first thing you need you to do is say, that, say that, that three-word phrase that every woman loves to hear. It's not, I love you. <laughs> it's, honey, you're right. Every woman loves to hear those three words. Honey, you're right. And then I want you to say, I was wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. I have to say I was wrong too? I'm like, what if what if what I if wasn't? She, what, what if, if she was wrong? wrong? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, God, what? In the... <clears throat> and I said, what if she's wrong? And he goes, well, you need to give up your right to be right. He said, when my son 
looked down on the world with me and I said, you need to go, you need to go save the world. You need to go die on the cross for the world. And he looked back at me and said, this world is not worth saving. These people are horrible. He was right, but he gave up his right to be right and sacrifice his body for the church. Mm. That's how Christ loved the church. And he said, you're not loving Jessamy. You're not giving your, giving up your right to be right. And he said, so the next time, honey, you're right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, I got to say that too. Doesn't the first two imply that I'm sorry? And then he says, Ow. and then he says, will you forgive me? So those four things. Wow. And I'm like, all right, I'll try it the next time we get in an argument. We got in an argument. I'm like, I'm excited. I get to try this. And so I go, <laughs> so we're arguing. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You are right. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit said, no, that's not what I had in mind. It's not the way you're doing it. And so, you know, I remember the first time that I genuinely was in the argument with her and I genuinely wanted to do it the right way. And I looked at her and I said, honey, you're right and I am wrong and I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Just like that. Just like that. And she, she started crying. And you know what she did? Wow. She said, no. You're right, and I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And my marriage changed from that point on. Wow. And the Holy Spirit said, you're going to lead, and she's going to follow. So do you want to lead her into an argument, or do you want to lead her into resolution? She's mm. going to do what you do. So do you want to lead her into lead her with love and lead her into, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so wow. we still argue, but now we have a pattern. It's almost like we race to see who's the first to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? You know, <laughs> but I'm always, I'm always going to lead no matter what. Mm, and so, and so that, that's, the, that's the thing that took our level, our, our marriage to a whole other level. That's the right. thing that pissed the devil off and made God, glor be, God was glorified when we start. And then, you know, she was always scared to like argue in front of the kids. And I'm not, I'm not scared to argue in front of the kids. <laughs> Because I know that we're going to resolve it in a way that our kids need to see us resolve it. Mm. If our kids see that we're arguing, but then they see us resolve it in a biblical way, I want them to see that. Wow. Because I don't want them to say, man, our parents never argue. Because we go into the closet and argue. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to argue out here so I don't, you know, I'm not tempted to throw something at you, you know. Right. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's, marriage is, marriage is amazing. You know, but our our whole marriage is designed to be after uh, after a marriage. You know, we're the bride of Christ. We're married to Christ, right. and so you know that's how we're supposed to do our our earthly marriage as well. So, dude, we've been talking for over an hour, uh, <laughs> but that's just what it's like when two friends get together, man. man. Uh, thanks for thanks for doing round two with me. You got any other nuggets? Hey, finish the sentence. jump and do it afraid and what else and build your wings on the way down there you go yeah um know your worth and add taxes yeah when yeah. necessary yeah i like that <laughs> uh here's a here, here's one is you can't do what you don't define okay i like it so if you don't have if you don't if you don't have a vision prior to coming out of prison more than likely 
you're you're gonna miss the target. I, I I'll, I'll leave with this, right? There's a story. I don't know if you guys ever seen Alice in Wonderland, but Alice is a uh, in, in that movie. She's walking on this uh, deserted path, and that's where she comes across this fork in the road, and she that's where she meets the Cheshire Cat, and so she asks the cat, "Which road should I take?" The cat goes, "Well, where are you going?" <laughs> and she goes, "Well, I I really don't know." You know what the cat said? He said, "It really doesn't matter then." And if you if you don't have a plan for your life, mm-hmm. someone will always plan it. That's why a lot of us come back to prison because we didn't have a plan. And so uh, I'll, I'll just leave you with that: is yeah. you can't do what you don't don't define. Yeah, that's good, man. You can't live your life if you don't intentionally live your life. You're going to live it by default. Yeah, and the default it. and the default setting is horrible. Man. <laughs> Look, what. If you settle for being average and mediocre, the danger with that, here's the thing. Until you hate something, yeah. until you hate the life that you're living right now, you're what it's all about. never going to do anything to change it. Like I, I, I mean, you came to the point where I hated going to prison, but some of y'all still love it. Yeah. That, that's, I think you have to almost define what you hate so that you know what you love. Right, because you'll if you you always tolerate that. Yep. Right, it's just like a toxic relationship. How many? Well, how come so many men and women stay in toxic? Right? They to, they they tolerate it, so they really don't hate it. And see, I didn't know how to love my wife in conflict resolution until I learned to hate the argument so much that mm. I wanted to learn a better way. Right. So sometimes you have to you have to have a balance of love and hate. It's not always about love, because there's some things you don't need to love. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's good, man. It's always been a pleasure yeah. hanging out with you. And I get to meet, you know, your better half. You're the amazing. Only. Uh, do you go by Olivia or live or Olivia? Olivia. All right. If you're cool with me, you can call me Liv. Okay. Well, I'm cool with you. So we'll call you live. <laughs> uh, very nice to meet you. Honored, honored to meet you. And uh, thank you so much for taking great care of, of my friend, Tuan. He's a pretty cool dude. And so, and, uh, and I know you're a, you're a pretty awesome woman. So I know that God is, God's got a lot of plans for you guys. He's got plans exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or imagine plans. And so, um, imagine well, imagine very well, because mm. he's, he's got more than that for you. Come on. So Amen. you guys are dreamers anyway. I nice can tell. tell, I can tell. Yeah. Hey, let's go eat some sushi. Yeah, man. Hey. Did you say that live? Yes. Okay, you might need to cut that out. Why? Okay, let's go eat some sushi. Why Why can't I say sushi? Well, some of these guys don't have that luxury of going to eat sushi. They will when they get out. Okay. Yeah, imagine big. Uh, Keep on dreaming. We don't, they're not only only inmates listening. There's other oh, people out there. Oh, you know what? Here. I forgot about that. I kept on thinking It's not that. just inmates listening. I thought it was all inmates. Forgive no, me. No, no, Forgive no. me, what? listeners that hey, are, you, are not in prison. I'm like, you just <laughs> insulted half of our listener base, bro, that aren't inmates. Oh, So man. sorry. I apologize for my friend, hey, Twan. That's, that's, yeah, that's when keeping a Christian goes wrong. We, uh, we've been in, we've been in Houston. I've been in Houston now. Since Thursday night, 11 p.m., <laughs> we did uh, three interviews yesterday. We, this is this is our fourth one today, and they've just been back to back. I don't know if you hear my voice. Yeah, my you, voice is starting you need to some sushi, bro. <laughs> my voice is starting to go uh, go. So, uh, but uh, thanks for letting us letting us borrow Tuan, and um, it's time. Let's go. Let's go. See y'all. All right, man. 
that interview was so much fun. We talked about everything and anything, and he put it back in my corner and asked me some questions. I loved it. I love hanging out with Twan. I love talking with Twan. Anytime he and I get together and have a conversation, I, he may not feel the same way, but I just, it's a blast. We, we add value to each other's lives every time we talk to each other. And so anytime I can sit in an interview and ask him questions and we can learn from him, it's incredible. So I got a lot out of it. Um, one of the things I loved, the three points he made about, you know, having your own business, and he said, take risks, give yourself permission to fail, and invest in yourself. If you have a business, and I've learned this, if you have a business and you're not investing in yourself and as it pertains to you running that business, you know, or even my ministry, even forgive felons, I've taken some classes and watched videos and, and tried to invest in myself with time and education on how to make videos. I did, I invested in myself on how to make a podcast. I invested in a, $197 into a course on how to do podcasting. And that's the reason we exist. One of the reasons we exist, but uh, permission to fail, man, that's a big one. Cause we don't want to fail. It, it, even though we know ahead of time that the, the quickest way to get to where you want to go is to fail because as soon as you fail, you know what not to do. If you don't ever fail, then you don't know what not to do. And a lot of times the quickest way to learn what to do is learn not what to, to learn not what to do. So I love that. Invest in yourself. Take risks. I mean, it is, I remember when I was a senior in high school, my, uh, he was my teacher, coach, government class teacher, Bible quiz coach. My senior class trip, we went to, um, we went to Colorado to ski, Winter Park, Colorado. You know, and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it easy. I've never done this before. I'm going to stay on the green slopes and, and take a class. I took, the class was supposed to be the whole first day. So I took it for lunch. And Tim, Pastor Tim comes over and goes, hey, what, um, I don't think it was, was he Pastor Tim at that point? I don't know. He says, hey, what have you learned? I said, how to snowplow. Because that's it, four hours, snowplow. He goes, come on with me. So I went with him at lunch, after lunch, and we went, and I thought we were going to the green slopes, the bunny slopes. He takes us up to these blue slopes. And I'm looking down, and I kid you not, man, it's almost like, it's almost like I'm looking straight down. You know, now I look at a blue hill, and it's like nothing. But, well, maybe not nothing since I haven't skied in almost 30 years. But he just took it straight up there. He goes, this is the way you're going to learn. And I took a risk. Risk of, like, breaking some bones and limbs. and But I did it, and that's how I learned how to ski. And I took a risk. You know, uh, he talked about understanding God's timing and everything, being patient. He was a leader in prison, you know, but not immediately when he got out. You know, um, and, and he said, you know, the reason he went back a couple times is because he, he didn't stay in community out here. So get in community. Listen, it's easy to, I, I want to say this. It was easy for me to be in community in prison, but it was also easy for me to isolate in prison. But out here, you, you, it's, it's real hard to stay in community out here because everybody's busy doing something. 
everybody's busy doing something, and it, you got to be intentional if you want to stay in community. And if you can't find a good community group, connect group, small group, whatever they're calling the group, the smaller groups uh, right now, whatever they're calling them at church, get in them. And if you can't find one you like that meets often enough, then start one yourself and lead one. One of the most fulfilling times in my life was when me and Jessamy, before we had kids, we led a small group. We did not have kids, but we led a small group uh, for families that had kids because there wasn't any. And so our small group was like 50 strong sometimes because their families would come and they'd bring kids and we had a swimming pool and, you know, and so we, we, uh, yeah, but, but you got to stay in community. Um, man, as soon as you start going back to what's familiar from your old life, especially you guys that have rebounded coming back. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good interview, man. Good interview. I loved what he said about the Cheshire cat. Um, which way do you, which way do you want to go? And, uh, he said, where are you going? And she said, I don't know. And he said, then it doesn't matter which way you go, man. It's so important. Write your stuff down, write your stuff down. All right, uh, we're going to pray for, for Twan and Olivia here in a second. But Matt, Matt Blonde from the Kingman, Arizona area. I forgot what unit that is. It may just be the Kingman unit. Stay strong, man. We got your letter. Thank you. I forwarded it to uh, John Cordero, told him his episode impacted your life and uh, gave you hope. And so uh, stay strong, my friend. Stay strong. Everyone else, stay strong. And uh, let's, lift up, let's lift up Twan and hope. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Twan. Thank you for the leader he is. Thank you for the man of God that he's become. Thank you for his friendship. Thank you for his business. Thank you that you are going to triple his business in the next year. Thank you, Lord. You're going you're gonna to do exceedingly abundantly above all he can think or imagine. So I don't even know what he's imagining for his own business, but I'm imagining triple for it in the next year. So, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for Olivia. I thank you for who she is by herself, but also to him. And I thank you that they are going to be this, they already are this kingdom power couple and that they're going to tread on serpents and snakes and they're going to, they're going to kick the enemy's butt. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for both of them, Lord. Give them everything they need for their own businesses, for this next chapter in their life. Lord, uh, we just speak unity into their relationship. And as it progresses into engagement, marriage, and all the kids are going to have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you brought them two together. Thank you that they found each other through serving, through serving. Thank you, Lord. Let us us all take a lesson from that, Lord. Let us all. Lord, I pray for everybody listening to this podcast, in prison, out of prison, wherever you are, driving, working out, falling asleep. (laughs) I pray over you right now in Jesus' name. I pray over your body if you need healing. Whatever, if you need healing, whatever part of your body you need healing, just lay your hand on that, your head, your shoulder, whatever. Father, wherever their hand is, I pray you bring complete wholeness to their body, to that area in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that if they need a financial breakthrough, I pray you give them creative wisdom to facilitate that miracle in their life. Lord, if they have relational breakthrough they need, Lord, I speak unity into relationships, marriages, uh, engagements, uh, relationships, girlfriend, boyfriend. I speak unity and come against division. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for that one inmate 
that's ready to take his own life or her own life, I thank you that you're stopping it right now. I thank you that you are coming against premature death in their life and you're giving them hope and you're giving them life. I speak life into them as they put that sheet down, as they put that shank down. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for a life saved. Thank you, Lord, for that saved life. Lord, Holy Spirit, move in that cell. Move in that cell right now and put your arms around them and let them know the love of God is so deep that they deserve God's love. There's nothing they've done. In Jesus' name. All right. We'll see y'all next week. I don't know. I may take the next week off. Don't get mad at me if I take next week off, okay? Because I'm going to be in prison all day Thursday, uh, most of the day Friday, and I may not have time to uh, prep the episode. So I may take next next week off. Don't get mad, but uh, just know that uh, if there's not one, then uh, you'll know why, all right? And um, don't forget, don't let your background hold you back. Let it, make it, make it pay you back. No matter what your background is. Doesn't have to be criminal. You know? Make your background, whatever you've dealt with in your past, whatever struggles, whatever trauma, whatever something that came your way that wasn't your fault or that was your fault. Make that 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 something stole something from you, a part of your life, your joy, your finances. Make it pay you back. Bible says seven or eight times more. So get it back. All right. We'll see y'all next week, maybe, at least for sure, two weeks. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.